And now, today's word. I'm going to start doing a series. I'm not sure uh, how long it's going to take. I think it's going to take me probably four Sundays uh, to finish what I'm teaching. But I'm going to talk on living in expectancy. Living in expectancy. And today is going to be part one of living in expectancy. And uh, we're going to look at the subtitle, Between Times, Between Times. When we say that we are living in expectancy, we are talking about living in hope, having hope about your life, looking up to something, having an anticipation and having excitement about life. Life is lived in expectancy. In fact, if you lose hope in life, your life ends. If you have no expectancy, your life is meaningless. So every time in our lives, we're living, expecting that something will happen. We expect when we go to sleep, that the sun will shine in the morning. When it comes morning, we expect that after the end of the day, it will be evening. Can you imagine uh, one day when we wake up in the morning when we think uh, the sun should shine and it's still dark? At seven o'clock, it's still dark. Eight o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, still dark. You'll be very, very worried about life because there is an expectation that the sun will rise and that when you go to bed, the sun will rise. And that, that's how we live our lives. We live in expectancy. And as Christians, that is how God wants us to live our lives. And I trust that this series will help us learn to live not only in expectancy, but also to live to see our expectation fulfilled. Genesis chapter 18, verses 13 and 14 will form the basis of my message today. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Surely, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Now you are very familiar with the story of Sarah and Abraham believing God for a son, believing God for a child. It was the basis of God's call for Abraham. God promised Abraham, I'll give you a land and I'll give you a child through your wife, Sarah. And they waited for so many years in expectancy, in expectation that that prophecy will come to pass. And now, uh, after many years of waiting, God comes through and gives them some specifics about that promise. Let's start talking about the promise of God and what it means to say that God has given me a promise. The promise of God comes to us in two main ways. First, it comes as a word. When God tells us what he has in mind for us. So God gives us a word. Many times uh, it comes through the Bible, reading the Bible, we see the promises of God 
We see God, what God says about the righteous, what God says about those who trust in Him, uh, what God says about those who, who look up to Him. That's the promise of God. So it comes in a word form. And then secondly, the promise of God comes in a vision when God shows us what He has already done for us. When God shows us a vision, He's telling us what has already been accomplished. And so anytime we read the Bible, we are encountering the promises of God. But there are times that God gives us specific promises in our hearts, in our spirits as we pray uh, and we receive a word from the Lord and we believe this is what God wants us to be. And sometimes you don't have any extraordinary feeling or, or message, but, but you just know. Uh, when I was about 14 years of age, I just knew that God had called me to be a pastor. I didn't receive a prophecy. I didn't even read it in the scripture. Um, nobody told me. Of course, nobody really thought I would be. But I believe I'll be a pastor. And I, I remember it so well. And I remember where I was when I had that sense uh, in my heart. I, we were in our bedroom, you know, in our room, my mother and, and uh, all of us, uh, five siblings, we slept in one room, and I was sleeping on the floor. Uh, and I, just in the night, everybody seemed to be asleep, and I was awake and, you know, thinking, and, and I just had this strong sense that God was going to use me. Now, that's how God's promises come. He comes sometimes in a word. It's a word in your heart. And it is something he shows you. And some of you have something in your heart about what God wants to do in your life. It may not have been a dramatic message, but you know it deep down inside, this is what my life is going to be about. This is how the future of my life is. That creates expectancy. This is how I see my future is going to be. This is what God is going to do with my life. So now we're going to pay attention to the text a little bit. And I want us to look at the verse 14 again. And it says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. So one verse, but it's very loaded one verse. When you look at the passage, it addresses various time periods, various time periods in relation to the promises of God, various time periods. The first time period mentioned is appointed time. Everybody say appointed time. Say it one more time, say appointed time. Or say it like you are in church, what are you doing? Appointed time. The appointed time, the Hebrew word is moed. It's a very interesting word uh, because of the meanings it gives to us. Appointed time normally in Hebrew means a time and a place of meeting. A time and a place of meeting. You know, when the children of Israel uh, were in the wilderness, they had a tabernacle. They built a tabernacle where God met them. It was called the tabernacle of meeting. And the word that is used for meeting is moed, the tabernacle of meeting. So appointed time 
is a time when God meets with you. It's a place where God comes and gathers and, and puts all things together to favor you. And there is a time in your life where all the pieces come together and that is the appointed time is your place of gathering it is the time when God makes everything that didn't make sense make sense it's a place of meeting there is a place of meeting for you somewhere in your future you know because many times when we go through life we we feel like all oh, things are happening. What is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of that? Why is that? Why did I go here? Why did I go there? Why was I moved there? And all kinds of things. And things are not together. But God said to Abraham, everything that seems to be discordant in your life, there's going to be a meeting point for them. Somebody say, there's a meeting point for me. The reason why you were born the way you were born, who your parents were, the family you were born to, the school you went to, even the courses you learned, the friends you made, why some rejected you, why some threw you away. All the things in your life, there is a meeting point for them. And that's what God is saying to Abraham. Everything that has happened so far, I'm going to gather it together. Everybody say appointed time. Say appointed time. The appointed time also refers to a divine season fixed by God. A divine season. The moed is a divine season fixed by God. The same Hebrew word is used in Genesis chapter 1 verse 14 when God talks about the sun and the moon and the stars and he says that he has created them for seasons. And the word there is moed. What is God saying? When he has an appointed time for you, it means that he has a season he has fixed for you. A season he has fixed for you. A season is the period when things happen. Is the period when things happen. And when you are in a season when something is supposed to happen, it will happen. And when you are in a season when something is not supposed to happen, it will not happen. Because the season is fixed by God. And so God says to Abraham, at the appointed time, at the place of gathering, I'm going to put all the things together. Your life will make sense. Your experience will make sense. Your education will make sense. Even the things you didn't understand will make sense at the appointed time. Everybody say, I have an appointed time. All right, so that is the first time reference in that verse. But I want you to take a look at the verse again. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That is Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. The second time reference in that verse is time of life. Time of life. Various translations of the Bible translate time of life differently. Some say uh, spring, uh, others translate it as next year about this time. But time of life. The time of life. What, what does the Bible mean, 
time of life. There's an appointed time and there's a time of life. The time of life is a point in time. A point in time. Although time is endless, it has points within it when things happen. A point in time. God has an appointment at a point in time. There's an appointed time and there is a point in time when that happens. You know, when God uh, promised redemption of mankind, he did it in the book of Genesis. And he said, and the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. So that's a divine appointment. There is going to be a time when the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. But Galatians says, in the fullness of time, that divine appointment happens. So God has a big plan for you. It's his appointment with you, but there is a point, a specific point, when that will happen. So God says to Abraham, I have an appointment for you, but in the time of life, in the time of life, in a natural time, that will happen. It's a specific point when things happen in your life. And the time of life is the season when things happen. Is a season when things happen. It describes the natural time when processes are completed. And the reason why some translations in the Bible translate this uh, time of life as spring, because spring is a time when things are born. Things are born. Uh, and so uh, some believe that God is saying that you're going to have this child at the time the babies are born. The time of life for a baby to be born is nine months, all things being equal. If a woman gets pregnant, she doesn't get pregnant right now, after three weeks and say, my baby is ready to be born. That would be a miscarriage. They have to wait for the time of life, and that's nine months. So God has an appointed time for you, but that appointed time has a time of life. That means there has to be a fullness of time, the right moment for it to happen. When you have a mango tree in Ghana, normally mangoes fruit around April and May. That's when your mango tree ripens. I have a mango tree that doesn't ripen any time. I look at that tree any time, every time I feel like cursing it like Jesus said. I said, it's April, what are you doing? And it waited April, it didn't do anything. It's, it's, we are in May, it's still silent. What kind of tree is that? But you know that your mango tree must fruit around April and May. And then when it's around December, January, it's going to fruit again. It's the time of life. It's the time of life. Because that is the time when it must happen. So when God says, I'm going to do something for you, it has to happen at the time it must happen. It's not going to happen at the wrong time. It's going to happen at the time of life. 
And the time of life is when all the processes are completed. Everything that needs to be done is done. Everything is lined up. Everybody is lined up. Every sequence of activity is in place. And then it happens.